Hey church, how you going? Good to be with you this morning. Summer stories, hey? After the last couple of days, I think we all sense we're definitely in summer. So it's, uh, it's, uh, we've got that sense about us. But what we want to bring through our summer story series is just some things that come out of God's word, characters that come out of God's word that encourage us, that really uh, build us up. And uh, what we want to do is take this opportunity in January to do that. And uh, as we come into uh, the start of the year, I, I just wonder, are you a New Year's resolution person? Are you someone who, who says, I'm going to start a, a New Year's resolution and I'm, going to, and I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, I'm going to get fitter? Or are you someone who comes into this new year thinking, wow, I actually feel quite overwhelmed? Is that space of feeling overwhelmed the reality for you? Are you sitting in that space where you think, well, I've got a new job to start. I've got a new university to to attend. I've got new relationships to build or I've got relationships to close down. Whatever it may be, you, you may come into the start of this year feeling overwhelmed. If that's your reality or if it's not, I tell you this, somewhere in, during the year you will be overwhelmed. I know that because as much as we come to church and we might have our smiley faces on, I know that stuff goes on in all their lives. I know it goes on in my life and I know that it goes on in, in the life of each one of us here. And I think God's got some great encouragement for us um, in this. I reflect back at a time where I was really overwhelmed. Uh, Dawn and I had been newly married and uh, that was going along really well and after a few years we wanted to get uh, to that stage where we had children and then we got to that five-year mark and it wasn't happening and we got to that six-year mark and it still wasn't happening and that sense of of almost panic overwhelm what would it look like for us if we didn't have children what would it look like for us if we had to adopt or or maybe God's plan for us was just not to have children what would that look like? And then there's anger and there's the frustration and there's, there's lack of faith and all that that goes with it. Just that sense of being completely out of control. And I'm sure each one of you has sat there with different circumstances in your life where you felt that. Where you felt completely outgunned or inadequate for the situation that you're in. And it doesn't take long for each of us to pre-reflect on that. And this morning as we look into God's word, we're going to look in Numbers and we're going to have a look at what one of uh, God's, God's chosen leaders was faced with when he was completely, and the children of Israel were completely overwhelmed. Now before we go to the, uh, the actual um, reference, I'm just going to build a little bit of a background for you so you know where we're at. So we're talking about the children of Israel and the leader at the time is Moses. So they've come out of, they've come out of um, their time of bondage and they've been in this 40, almost 40 years of wandering around the desert. Now during that time, God has been incredibly faithful. And at times, the Israelites have been incredibly faithless. And they've done things that have just extended their time of wandering. And so they're getting towards these 40 years where they've just been promised the promised land and they're getting, they're getting anxious. They're starting to say, we're sick of the manna. 
We're sick of just struggling to find water. Yes, God, you've provided for us, but we want more. They've been given that promise of a promised land, and they're looking forward to that. And we sit here now where they've spent their time there up, and if you know the geography there, you've got uh, the, the little um, um, Sea of Galilee, and out to the east, just southeast of that, is where we find the Israelites now. And they've just come through a period where they've been asked by God to enter through a land and not to make any ruckus, but just to, to peacefully go through that land. And the king and the ruler of that, of that place was King Sion, and he didn't want to let them go through. In fact, he turned around and said to them, you're not coming through, and in fact, I'm actually going to come out. And he came out, and he battled with them. And God gave them the victory in that, in that circumstances. As much as they were just wanting to pass through his land peacefully, things turned on their head, and God gave them that victory. We now sit in a stage where they're just about, they've just gone up the road from there and they've come to a kingdom that is a completely different ball game. And we pick up this, this story now where, where Moses is confronted with this, this kingdom led by a king who's ferocious. And we're going to read a bit more about that in a minute um, as we go to, it's in, um, number, if you've got your Bibles with us, with you, it's Numbers 21 and we're going to read from verse 35 sorry verse uh, 31 and we're going to pick up the story here and build on that story and just see what's going on and this is what it says so Israel settled in the land of the Amorites after Moses had sent the spies to Jazir the Israelites captured its surrounding settlements and drove out the Amorites who were there and they turned and went up the road towards Basan. And King Og of Basan and his whole army marched out to meet them in the battle of Edri. And the Lord said to Moses, Do not be afraid, for I have delivered him into your hands, along with his whole army. Do not let him do, uh, do to him what you did to King Sion of the Amorites, who reigned at Heshbon. So they struck him down together with his sons and his whole, fam- whole army, leaving no survivors, and they took possession of his land. Now, there's a few things going on there which I just want to reflect on that I find quite incredible. Firstly was, God had said to Moses, don't be afraid. Are you kidding me? <laughs> don't be afraid. This guy, let me just paint a bit more of a picture. So King Og was over nine foot tall. Now, there's a picture just here um, that we've got of reference of what nine foot tall looks like. There's me standing with a man. That's actually uh, Goliath. But King Og was actually taller than Goliath. And so here, here we are with the physical stature of a man who is literally a giant. And not only that, he's ferocious. He's a warrior. He's a man that was known to be able to rip someone from limb to limb. And there were stories. You know, we talk about the likes of Rambo or Jason Stratham, these men that we watch on the movies do these incredible acts. But people, we're talking about an actual man who lived, who genuinely was the real deal, ferocious. And God's called Moses and the Israelites to come up against the giant. And he says to them, don't be afraid. The other thing that I find really interesting in that verse there is it says, I have 
given him to you. Not I will, but before the battle even begins, God says to Moses, I have given him to you. I find that incredible to think that, that this man that was so big, it talks in, in Deuteronomy just a couple of verses later that he was so big that he had a bed, an iron bed that was 13 foot long and 6 foot wide. I mean, this dude was ferocious. Now, we don't send in a, a mortar bomb or a, we don't get a missile to take him out. This is hand-to-hand combat, eyeball to eyeball. We're standing there, called to go and cut down a giant. That's the reality of what God had called Moses to do. And I'm sure, I have no doubt at all, that in their own strength, both Moses and David in that situation were completely frightened, scared, but had this underlying confidence that God was going to go with them and before them. And I think each one of us just needs to to take great encouragement from what we're reading here. That this isn't just a fable. This isn't just God putting a notion in our head that that this is um, something that was fictitious. This was a real event. The Israelites saw this as such a significant point. In fact, that they talked about it for centuries later. In Psalms, we read about the fact that they made a song about it, about them taking over and defeating King Og. The thing that they sat in that situation, it wasn't just to take him out also, but there were 60 fortified cities that they were asked to take over. So this ragtag group of people that have been wandering around the desert come up against a fortified 60 fortified cities, a man, their leader, who was ferocious. And God says, don't be afraid and I'll give him to you. And we read, as we've just read there, that that's actually what the outcome was, that God had actually given him, given Moses the victory. And I think for us, as we sit here today, we can take incredible encouragement that our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Would you agree with me in that, that we can, we can be confident in that, that God is the same? So when we look back at this, it's not just for back then, it's for now. We can take great encouragement from that. And from Old Testament encouragement, we can jump through to New Testament reassurance. And we can go to the, the, the book of Romans. And in Romans, we read in uh, Romans 8, 28, it says this, And we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. I'm not sure what giants you're facing this morning. Because I know in one way or another, we all have things that we are facing that overwhelm us. And the assurance of what God says to us, if we're following him, is that he'll be with us. That he will overcome those situations, those giants in our lives. Maybe not answer them in the way that you and I would necessarily want, but he is there going before us and with us. Here's a kicker. In Romans 8.31 it says this, What then shall we say in response to these things? In response to this, if God is for us, who can be against us? We sung about that just this morning. 
If God is for us, who can be against us? Is that a reality that sits in your life and in my life this year as we look to 2023? Are we excited about the fact that we don't go into this year alone? That we don't have to face these circumstances that are massive in our lives under our own strength? That God asks us and calls us to give them to him? I think, I think that is incredible. I think we can find great strength with that. Great encouragement. As we think about what this year might look like for us, as we talk about being and making disciples, I think for us at times we probably think that's overwhelming. For us to, each of us, think about what it would be like to walk with someone else, to encourage them to look at these truths, to look at the nature and the person of God and to understand him more to walk along with someone, to encourage them in their walk, or maybe for the very first time to introduce them to faith in Christ. That might be something that you find completely overwhelming. But church, it's what we're called to do. We're called to be and make disciples. A disciple is someone who is following Jesus, who is being transformed or changed by Jesus, who's committed to the mission. And the mission is what we're talking about. The mission is us sharing our lives the things that overwhelm us. Not to try and pretend that everything's okay, but to be acknowledged that we need God to be there for us. And that's the reality, that God is there for us. Here in verse 37, uh, also in um, chapter 8 of Romans there, we read this verse. It says this, it says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. We look at that example of what happened with Moses and King Og. And we can be incredibly encouraged that we also, as we are obedient to follow Jesus, he is there for us. In whatever the circumstances, whatever the situation, if we commit it to him, we also can have that confidence. Not an arrogance, not a, not a, in any way, a smugness, but a humble confidence that God is there for us. And in that sense, we can say, I can stand before my giant and not be afraid because we don't face this alone. God is with us. God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? The end of our story was that we got to that point where we just had to give it to God. Dawn and I realized that we needed to just hand over to God a situation that was beyond us. And the outcome for that was an incredible one. A few months later, I come home from work and Dawn said, guess what? I'm pregnant. We've got two beautiful men now our sons the first of which is samuel and samuel means gift from god because we acknowledged that this wasn't something that we could achieve in our own strength but it was only through acknowledging that god was in control and and i say these things not not in any way just to make that like everything turns out okay but it's just the situation of giving it over to god The, the reality of that god may have chosen for us to go through life without children 
And that would have been okay because he would have been there for us in that and would have given us what we needed. And that's where I want to encourage you today as we sit in this summer series and as we sit in a beginning of a new year that we can have that absolute confidence that as we come and sit before God and give our lives to him, give our situations to him and we look at those giants in front of us and in our own strength we just think, I I just cannot do this, I, I don't know what to do. And we don't even need to get to that point. Before that even, we can just acknowledge that God is with us. So who is against us? And I think we can find great encouragement for that. So for this year, my encouragement to you is that you go about what it is that God's called you to do as followers of Jesus. As his children, we can have that confidence that he has called us. And that there's, no, that there's nothing that we can come before that God won't stand with us in. And that we can be more than conquerors. Each one of you can be more than a conqueror through Christ. And that's our reality today, folks. That's what we can claim and hang on. And it's so exciting to be able to do that. I think as a church, as we look forward to this new year, what God has for us, even as a, as a wider congregation together, we can be excited that God is going before us. We don't know necessarily what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And then we know that God is going to have great things for us if we obediently follow him. And I think we can be excited about 23, about what God's going to do. So I just want to encourage you in that. Let's just pray as the worship team come up and just acknowledge that God, in his goodness, is there for us. Lord, I just thank you so much this morning as we have been reminded in your word, in numbers there, just the situation where Moses come up against an incredible foe. He was put in a place where he was completely overwhelmed within himself. And the children of Israel were completely outgunned by the army that was ensuing them. But Lord, you had victory in that. You gave them victory in that. Father, I thank you so much this morning that as we come, as your people, as your church, Lord, help us to to look for that one person that we can encourage, that we can walk along in life with, that we can disciple. Help us see that you have a place for us to build this church, your church, Lord. You want us to do that in confidence in you, not in ourselves, but in confidence in you knowing that we can be more than conquerors through you. Knowing that things that we may feel fearful about, but with you by our side, Lord, we can do. Talking to someone about you. Coming alongside someone and saying, would you journey with me? Can I encourage you in in your walk with Jesus? In your understanding of who God is, Can I build you up in that? Lord, help each one of us this year to find someone to do that with, to find a group to do that with. Lord, that we can just grow in knowing who you are and being able to share that love with the world that desperately needs to know and experience that love that you have for each one of us. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the worship we've been able to do. 
Lord, you're a good, good God. And we acknowledge that this year as we go into 2023.